0: Morning. Buenos dias. Don't worry, I didn't bring the Kleenex because I think I'm going to cry.
1: <laughs> I'm actually not
0: feeling that well.
1: <laughs>
0: and Daisy was up all night.
1: <laughs> and there's a chance <laughs> that I
0: may have to run to the restroom as quickly as I can
1: <laughs> in the
0: middle of the service. But if that happens, Josh is going to put on the music. He'll mute my microphone. I'll come back and we'll resume, okay? Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much for this church. God, thank you for your word. God, when I come to your word, sometimes you say hard things, Father but you give us the grace that we need Father to follow you
1: God I pray that
0: this morning that your word would penetrate our hearts Father
1: and our souls
0: I pray that we would consider Father
1: those things that you want us to
0: give up ways that you want us to change Father to be a Follower of you Jesus God I pray that Haiti and myself Would be minimized This morning Lord God I pray you would Speak through us
1: Lord I pray that
0: I would speak clearly So that Haiti can Translate clearly Father And that you would Use us and that your Word would be Understood Amen So many of you know that I'm a pretty competitive person.
1: Right when it comes to sports, for some reason I always want to win.
0: I don't know if that's bad or good or what. I'm just sharing that with you.
1: And I also love finances.
0: Right, I'm an accountant. I deal with books and records all day. So based on that information, what do you think my favorite sport is?
1: Nacho.
0: Nacho. Poker. Poker is actually something that's pretty fun to me. (laughs)
1: I grew up playing poker
0: some of my earliest memories is when I'm 7 or 8 sitting around the the table with my family heated arguments erupting playing poker and for those of you who don't know poker is a game where you sit around the table with 7 or 8 people you're dealt cards and then you bet based on the hand that you have now I'm not a proponent of gambling don't get me wrong I don't think you should go to Vegas and play poker
1: and waste money it's a fun thing for me to do when I'm with my friends
0: so my friend Mike who's the pastor of of a church in Burbank But every year he invites about 20 guys over to his house
1: to play poker
0: he invites believers non-believers it's just supposed to be a fun evening where we we hang out and I've never gone every time he's invited me and about 6 months ago he calls me up he goes Trent I'd really love for you to come over to my house and play poker just this once And my friend Dan who goes to his his church he was going through a hard time and he called me up he said hey I'd really like you to just go with me and just be with me me.
1: you know it would be fun we could
0: play poker together. I remember getting there you start out with five or six tables and over the night right it will dwindle down to one person left standing. And I learned that
1: When I play poker, poker, it's great to
0: have my friend Dan sitting right next to you because he's crazy (laughs) he's crazy at betting he gets a good hand
1: he gets excited
0: he puts it all in the middle and then I get to see how other people are going to respond to his betting in about five minutes I can figure out
1: who the best poker players
0: are in the room and who my competition is going to be you see, the thing that makes Dan
1: a bad poker player,
0: he takes on too much risk. Right? When he gets a great hand, he gets excited, he puts everything in the pot. And the problem with that is, you may win that one hand. But at some point you're going to
1: lose.
0: And when you lose, you're going to lose everything. And you're not in the game anymore. So he was out of the game in about 15 minutes. Right, I played for seven more hours. And my dad has always told me you, poker's about money management
1: it's about not taking
0: too much risk
1: and managing your money well
0: over a long period of time and eventually you're going to win but you need enough chips to stay in the game is everyone following you so far you see some of us we actually play poker with God. We get our chips.
1: We have a hand dealt to us.
0: But we never really take any real risks. Right, you put just enough chips to plan to stay in the game. And from the outside looking in, somebody's saying, Man,
1: that person's in the game they're sitting at the table Está their ahí chips are in the pot Sus están ahí en la mesa.
0: without ever really risking si, anything without ever really going all in
1: si, ir por el todo.
0: you see we think going all in
1: que el el todo. what if
0: what if I do change my job that God si, wants me to change
1: que si And
0: it doesn't work out. What if I leave that person that God wants me to leave because I'm not in a right relationship
1: relationship? And I never find anyone else.
0: What's gonna happen? You see, it actually costs us something to follow Jesus. You see, to really be a follower of Jesus you have to take risk I'd like for you to consider this morning are you holding back do you have a pile of chips in front of you and you're only putting two or three or four chips in the pot are you playing it safe with God if you would turn with me to Luke 9
1: verses 57
0: to 62 this is a section of scripture we're going to go over this morning alright as they were going along the road someone said to him this is Jesus I will follow you wherever you go and Jesus said to him foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head to another he said follow me You see, in this section of scripture, scripture in Luke chapter 9,
1: in scripture, in chapter nine, Jesus has left
0: Capernaum and he's making his way to Jerusalem.
1: Jesus to Jerusalem.
0: Right, and he's walking down the path,
1: he and he's with, his 12, with his twelve
0: disciples, and likely there was a wider crowd that was following him.
1: Was following him.
0: And in this section of scripture.
1: In this section of
0: we see that as Jesus is on the path and as he's with the crowd he encounters three possible followers and what Jesus is doing here is he's trying to wave off those who would follow him but who are really unwilling to pay the cost
1: and Luke Chapter 9,
0: verse 23, a little earlier, Jesus says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself
1: and take up his
0: cross daily and follow me. And then he says, You want to save your life? You have to lose your life. You see, there's actually a cost to following Jesus. When we're going to walk through each of these encounters.
1: So the first man we see who approaches
0: Jesus, he was probably moved by Jesus' words, right?
1: And Jesus' vision. And he comes up to him and he says,
0: Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. You think Jesus would be fired up, right? On its surface, Jesus' reply does not seem that encouraging. Jesus says to the man, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere
1: to lay its head.
0: You see, Jesus had left his home in Nazareth. He can't return to his home because people there are seeking to kill him. He stayed then he stayed with some friends in Capernaum for a while. And now he set his face towards Jerusalem. He can't turn back. And he's reminding this man who says Jesus, I want to follow you. He's saying count the cost.
1: the path to
0: follow me is not always easy
1: and comfortable
0: for you to follow me you may have to give up the security of your home and ultimately this world is not going to be your home are you willing to give that
1: up are you
0: willing to follow a sojourner
1: somebody who has no home
0: count the cost to another man Jesus says follow me and the man says Lord let me go and bury my father first okay God I'm going to follow you but I just got to do this one thing I got to
1: bury my father
0: now that seems like a reasonable request
1: Right? The guy's dad
0: died. Give him a day or two. Let him just go and bury his father, and then he's going to be in the game. You see, in the Jewish culture, the burial process was actually a year long process from the time when the body was first buried until at the end of a year period where the bones of of the deceased were actually placed in a box. And really what this man was saying to Jesus when Jesus said, come and follow me, He's saying, I have responsibilities. I have responsibilities to my family. Dude, I'm not really free right at this moment to follow you. Dude, once the burial process is done,
1: once I fulfill
0: my responsibilities to my family,
1: I'm going to follow you. I'm going to be in the game. I just
0: I just can't do it right now. And how does Jesus respond to the man? Seems harsh. Just like the first response. Jesus says, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. You see, Jesus was getting ready to send out the 72. 72. Now, who are the dead that Jesus is talking about? He says, let the dead bury the dead. How can dead people bury dead people? You see, Jesus is speaking of the spiritually dead. He's speaking about those who have put off following Jesus. You see, let the spiritually dead... Put family responsibilities before following me.
1: Let the spiritually dead do those things that are preventing them from following me. You come and follow me.
0: Later in Luke chapter
1: 14.
0: Jesus says if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother. His wife and children. His brothers and sisters.
1: Yes even
0: his own life he cannot be my disciple you see Jesus is saying in the strongest
1: of possible terms
0: that following him it has to come before everything it has to take priority over every relationship over every obligation that you have you see we can't come to Jesus and say
1: you know what, once my husband gets saved, that's when I'm
0: really going to follow you. Once this happens, oh no, then, then I'm really going to follow you. Dude, we aren't to choose when we follow Jesus. Jesus is saying,
1: today is the day.
0: Following Jesus
1: is a now thing. It's immediate.
0: No excuse that we can offer
1: is adequate
0: enough to put Jesus on hold. (laughs) The third man said to Jesus,
1: I'll
0: follow you, Lord. But in the same breath, he offers up an excuse. I'll follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to those of my home. And Jesus' response is shocking to me. Jesus says, No one who puts his hand to the plow
1: and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God.
0: Now, when you're in the fields plowing, your feet are getting dirty, right?
1: You're working.
0: Sweat's coming off the top of your head. Are you kidding me? He's saying, even if you look back, you're not worthy of the kingdom of God. What is he talking about? You see, when you would plow a field, you'd probably have 8, 10, or 12 oxen, right? Big animals. And you had to plow your field straight. Right? To be able to get the most yield out of your crops. And when you plow a field with oxen.
1: Apparently you
0: have to pick a point in front of you. And you have to keep your gaze on that point because if you're looking back
1: and you got the oxen going (laughs) you're going to
0: veer to the left or you're going to veer to the right
1: it's going to screw up the
0: field you've got to keep your gaze forward the whole time and what Jesus is saying look if you want to follow me if you're in the field don't look back at the world don't put your gaze on things of this world keep your gaze on me look at me follow me if he's saying if you want to be my disciple you have to be single-minded you can't follow Jesus while looking back at the world and he's saying count the cost now I read this section of scripture and I wonder I wonder how these people
1: who had an encounter with Jesus Christ the
0: God of the universe he's looking them in the eye and he's saying follow me but here's the cost we don't know how these people responded did they choose the things of this world did they ultimately decide not to follow Jesus with everything or some half-hearted following of him when you're at home with the family knowing you're supposed to be with Jesus but still proclaiming his name you see we have to follow Jesus he doesn't follow us so, forget about those three. This morning, I'd like us to consider
1: how we are responding to Jesus' call.
0: Because everyone here, whether you believe in Him or not, Jesus is saying, Follow me. But count the cost. Is there anything in your life that's preventing you from following Jesus with everything that you have? Maybe it's the love of money. Maybe it's the security of where you're living and you know God wants you to move, but you just
1: can't do it. Maybe it's a drug addiction.
0: Maybe you're holding on to anger and bitterness and you amarrado. relish in it and you can't get past it
1: no salir de and it's
0: impacting your ability to follow Jesus
1: tu de a Jesús.
0: and what do you do
1: y qué haces
0: if you're in that situation
1: si estás en esa
0: What do you do if you're looking back?
1: Your hands on the plow.
0: You're proclaiming the name of Jesus, but you're not really following him with everything. What do you do if you've tried to change your gaze? If you've tried to stop looking back and look and you keep failing over and over again? One of my friends. Who I've been meeting with on Fridays. For breakfast He's addicted to heroin.
1: Dude,
0: I've been able to learn about heroin. And how the disease is a progressive disease. And he was sharing with me how when you first start doing heroin. You're pretty focused on hygiene right you go to Walgreens
1: you buy your pack of needles you inject the heroin in your veins
0: you never use the same needle twice but as the disease progresses
1: it gets worse you become
0: more careless And where he's at, the stage he's at, he's taking dull needles and he's jamming dull needles into his vein. Needles that have been used thirty times. And he was explaining that's how your veins collapse when you're a heroin addict. Because you're not using new clean needles. This last Friday, he lives on the streets. He just walks into the restaurant. I said, "Your next stop is death. Dude, you're gonna be dead in the gutter somewhere."
1: And
0: then I felt the Holy Spirit, and I was sharing with him, "Jesus has living water." he has a well and if you drink of it you're never going to be thirsty again ever you're a slave to a horrible master
1: your master doesn't care about you
0: your master takes everything from you and it's going to lead to death and that's real. And Jesus Christ wants to take you out of this pit that you're in and He wants to lift you out. He wants to give you hope. He wants to give you new life. He wants to give you this living water. But there's a cost. There's a cost you have to give up your slavery to the master that you're under and he won't do it and I've thought about that why won't he do it he has everything to gain everything to gain nothing to lose to follow Jesus except to die to himself And I realized something this last week.
1: He can't do it. Because
0: he doesn't have the power in himself to do it. You see, even if he wants to, he can't. He can't change his own heart. And I've learned that we're pretty much powerless to change ourselves by ourselves. We want to see supernatural things.
1: We want to see people being healed, people talking in tongues, amazing
0: things that the Holy Spirit's doing. We want to see the super, supernatural.
1: But I'll tell you what's
0: supernatural. It's supernatural when we knock on Sergio's door. And he decides to follow Jesus. It's supernatural when somebody takes their gaze. And they're looking back. And they actually turn their head forward. And they look at Jesus. That's supernatural. It's supernatural for Sergio.
1: To continue
0: walking. To continue moving forward. Even when his circumstances don't change. Even when God doesn't magically make his family situation better it's supernatural when Ishmael decides you know what I want to get baptized I want to follow the Lord that's supernatural and I know what it's like to have your hand on the plow to be in the field doing God's work. Working hard, right, for God. Doing all these things. But all the while, looking back. You see, for the past 16 years, I've had one job my whole life. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I realized about a month ago there's never been a day when I haven't checked my work email Bonnie and I have never gone on a vacation where I haven't disappeared for an hour or so in the bathroom where I'm doing work Never had a weekend where I'm really focused on the Sabbath. On the Lord's Day, you see, I've given so much to my work. At the detriment of my faith and my family. And I'm sure that many of you have probably noticed this. And over the years, Bonnie and I have had a lot of discussions about how much I give to my work. And I think she reached the point to where she just resigned to accept it.
1: She's going to stop trying to change me. And it's
0: so easy for me to justify,
1: dude. I have to work hard. I have to provide for our family. You don't understand the pressure that I feel to bring home income.
0: It's easy to justify. And about two months ago, I was on the phone with Manny
1: talking to him about how he
0: jokes too much. And out of left field, Manny said, you know, I wish you worked less. I wish, I wish you would consider getting another job. Because I see kind of the toll it takes on you. in your family. It's okay, thanks, Manny.
1: <laughs>
0: and that was about a month ago, and I had just finished probably one of the hardest busy seasons I've been through I was working six days a week
1: January through May trying to squeeze church
0: in trying to pray in on my way to work when I have all these things running through my head And then one Saturday, we were going to, I think, do a bike ride. Was it a bike ride? We were going to do a family bike ride with Bonnie and with some close family members. By the way, when I say family members, Jesus says, Who is my mother? Who is my brother?
1: Who's my sister? Jesus
0: says it's those that do the will of God. So you are my family members. And we were supposed to meet, I think it was 2 o'clock, and I was working on
1: Saturday, and stuff always comes up.
0: And I couldn't make it at 2. And I remember thinking in my head, dang it. They're going to realize I've been working all day Saturday, and then I'm going to be there late, and they're going to be waiting around for me. And this is going to be more obvious.
1: <clears throat>
0: so I showed up. We do the small talk. Then they say, Do we really need to sit down and talk? and I remember sitting around the table outside and they were just sharing with me the things that they've seen they were sharing with me the cost
1: that my family's paid and that I've paid to give so much
0: to something that doesn't matter and I look back at my family suffered and so they asked me,
1: dude, are you willing
0: to let go of your job?
1: Are you willing to change things
0: at work? And I remember my heart sort of racing.
1: I don't want to let go. I don't want to
0: loosen the grip. And I said, I don't even know if I'm willing to be willing to let go. They said, okay. Take a week.
1: Take a week.
0: Take a week of solitude where you just reflect, just seek the Lord and see what the Lord's going to say to you. I've never done that. And Bonnie says, Okay, you're going to take this week. You say you're going to take this week, and then something's going to come up and you're going to cancel.
1: Because that's what always
0: happens no, no, that's not going to
1: happen
0: so we pick a week
1: and I pick the most
0: opportune week possible this week, every year I do nothing this is the week I'm going to have my week of solitude okay, I pick the week they say okay you can go to this place in Carpinteria spend the week there and just spend time with the Lord and reflect Monday morning I'm driving into work I get a phone call from our national office
1: and they say Trent we've
0: got bad news for you one of your audits just got picked
1: by the government they
0: want to come in and inspect you and that's a big deal in my profession we probably audit 3,000 companies
1: they only pick 50 a year to look at
0: and it's intense and they say okay we have this three week preparation process that we have to do to get ready for this thing and my week was right in the middle of that and I felt like God was saying to me okay you choose do you want to follow me are you going to pay the cost Are you gonna follow through with what you've promised? And I'll tell you, that little step of faith was hard for me to do. It was hard for me
1: to keep that commitment
0: and just trust God and be in that place to where I say, okay, no matter what happens in this inspection,
1: I'm gonna give it to you, but
0: I am gonna do this. And if you've never slowed down, I had this vision of I'm going to spend a week praying and seeking the Lord. I'm going to have, you know, 10 hours straight of
1: quiet times with Him. I get there, open
0: my Bible, read my Bible for a half an hour. I prayed for a half an hour. And then I was like, okay, what do I do now? because I had been going so fast for so long without really taking time to reflect and while I was there I realized God showed me I can't change myself I can't change myself by trying harder yeah, John Dominguez is a runner.
1: John Dominguez Right? What's the
0: farthest distance you've ran? 35.
1: Thirty-five. miles. Right, I would drop dead if I yo ran mi five miles. Si <laughs> miles.
0: Now, if I were to take
1: si tomara, John, uh, si John
0: and Ernesto. And let's say I tested Ernesto's DNA.
1: And the test came back and said,
0: Ernesto's DNA is absolutely perfect to run run long distances.
1: He should be able to beat any
0: Olympic marathon runner. This is amazing. He's deceptively athletic. And if I went to Ernesto and said Ernesto
1: we've tested your DNA tomorrow I want you to run 35 miles against John.
0: Who do you think is going to win? Who do you think? Who bets John?
1: Yeah.
0: John's going to win. No matter how hard Ernesto tries, he can give it everything that he has.
1: No matter how much
0: effort he puts into it.
1: No matter how many times
0: he throws up on the trail,
1: he's going to lose. Because
0: it's not about trying.
1: Because
0: he's never trained. He's never trained himself to be in a position
1: to be able to beat John
0: so I come back to this question if it's not about trying if I can't will myself to change how do we change our gaze how do we go from looking back
1: to being focused on Jesus
0: In chapter 4 of 1 Timothy, Paul talks about how
1: there's going to be some and they're going to depart from the faith. There's going to be
0: those who profess to know Jesus. They're going to fade away. And then he talks about how to follow Christ. I'm going to read chapter 4
1: verses 7 through 10 Paul says
0: have nothing to do With irreverent silly myths Rather train yourself for godliness For while bodily training is of some value Godliness is of value in every way As it holds promise for the present life And also for the life to come the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, for to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hopes set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially those who believe. You see, what Paul is saying is that we can actually train ourselves. We can actually position ourselves. So that God can work through us.
1: So,
0: so that we can be an open vessel and He can be the one that could change us. So, what does it look like
1: to train ourselves? Entonces, a to
0: follow Jesus? How do you practice godliness? Meditation on God's Word. Are you meditating daily on God's
1: Word?
0: Spending time in prayer, actually praying to God after meditating on His Word. What about fasting? Jesus says to fast. What about studying God's Word and really digging into it? Confessing our sins to one another. Serving in the church. Worshiping the Lord. You see, these are things that we can all practice, these are all things that we can train to do. To develop that closeness with Jesus. To develop a relationship with Him and be in a position so that He can actually work through us, so that He can be the one to change our gaze. We can't do these things out of obligation. We can't do these things
1: to try to force God
0: to do something.
1: Dude, we have to
0: do it because we want to know God. Because we want to love God. And we want Him to work through us. Half the time when people are having struggles and issues
1: in the church dude they're not going to the lord they're
0: not reading the scriptures they're not meditating on his word they're not confessing sins their body is not open to christ to be able to work through the situation You know, right about the time I've been going through all this stuff,
1: I went to a funeral,
0: and I went to a funeral for a man who had been with my firm for ten years. And then he left my firm, and he went to work to become a chief financial officer at a company, he was there for twenty-five years, and he dropped dead like that. And I remember sitting in the pews, and for an hour I heard people come up and talk about this man's life. And he was an accountant like me. And I heard story after story of man, this guy was a great accountant! This is the guy you want auditing your books. Oh, he was a great employee. As his family got up and talked, they talked about
1: how dedicated
0: this man was to his work. What a great employee. It broke my heart. How once did anyone say, he cared so much for others
1: he loved his
0: family he loved God he was a follower of Jesus and I thought if I don't change course
1: that could be me you
0: see I don't want to be remembered for being a good employee I don't want to be remembered for being a great accountant I want to be remembered
1: for somebody
0: who loved Jesus who loved the church and who is willing to give up anything to follow him what would people say at my funeral
1: if I were to die right now
0: I know I'm probably going to outlive
1: Brit
0: it's a joke so I wonder what people are going to say about me at my funeral from my work you see I have a sense of urgency I've realized this life is short look around
1: look around
0: Dude, before you know it you're going to be standing in front of the living God and he's going to see through everything and the only thing that's going to matter at that point
1: the only
0: thing that's going to matter no matter what you believe right now is whether you followed him or not and following is an active thing, right? You're behind him. You're following him. You're seeking after him. Your gaze is on him. That's it. He's not going to say, Trent, you are a fabulous accountant. He's not. The days are short, Jesus is coming quickly. And one thing that I've learned is that
1: una cosa que yo es, I
0: can't change by myself. No puedo I'm spending time now Estoy meditating on God's word. La spending time in prayer. I'm trying para to put y these y disciplines y into y place y so that I can y loosen y my y grip que
1: so que that God can, so can work para through me
0: and change me. And I need the church to help me.
1: I need the church to help me.
0: And I'm so thankful
1: that, that I have friends
0: who love me, que me and who are willing to risk relationship with me to point out things
1: that are impacting my
0: relationship with Jesus. Think about that. How often are we willing to risk ourselves or risk relationships?
1: to actually speak truth
0: into somebody's life with gentleness it's hard there was a man
1: and wife who were
0: close family friends Bonnie and I we'd been friends with them for years and one night
1: the
0: man's wife comes over to our house and she goes you know 25 years my husband's been getting drunk every night passing out he screams at me he yells at me he's had this facade for 25 years being in the church she said I've told so many people over the years and nothing's been done nobody's ever said one thing to this man and I was faced with a choice I have this information now do I follow what it says in Galatians six one and try to
1: restore him with the spirit of gentleness
0: may not go well this may not work out the way I want it to work out and I may actually lose the relationship
1: and I put it off for two months
0: and I'll never forget mustering up the courage sitting there across the table and sharing these things and sharing
1: I'm not judging
0: you I want to help you change I want to see you be a follower of Jesus and not be
1: looking back
0: and it didn't go well and he wound up going to another spot and hiding another Bonnie and I were talking about the other day a lady we've been walking with where we've shared some hard things and she actually receives it and considers it and comes back and changes over time and we're not perfect we all look back sometimes but she continues to put her gaze back on Jesus
1: that's supernatural. But
0: you have to be willing to go there. And when you do it, do it with the spirit of gentleness and love and consider
1: the speck in your
0: own eye. And I'd like to share with you guys that
1: yo usted, Dude, I know I'm
0: not perfect no Brit's not perfect Brit Josh is not perfect
1: no es
0: Manny's not perfect
1: no es
0: And I give you permission to share things with me If you see things in my life
1: mí, si vida,
0: That are not good If you see me looking back I actually want you to point that out to me So that I can change let's do that as a church together and I would encourage you to not run to persevere Dude, recently I've started to run I hate running
1: more than anything my lower
0: back hurts and I was doing crossfit and I can't, you know, bend like that anymore. So I figure I'm going to have to take up running. And running is you versus yourself. It's you versus yourself.
1: You know, you're out there and you're pushing
0: and you're pushing. I'm getting tired. And I think to myself, I could stop at any moment. Why am I pushing and pushing myself? And I have this Nike app, right? This app.
1: And it tracks my
0: running. And it tells me how fast I'm running,
1: what my pace is. Right? So I do about an
0: 11 minute mile, which is where about most 60 year old women are at. <laughs> But the other day, I was over at Britt's house, and he goes, let's go for a run. I say, okay, let's go for a run.
1: Dude, we're running, we're talking, spending time together. Dude, I wasn't
0: focused as much on the pain. And when we got back, I looked at the app. I would run nine-minute mile.
1: I'd shave two two
0: minutes a mile off my time by running with bread. and my point is this to run your race with the church
1: don't give up
0: if you're looking back share it with somebody let them come alongside you and help you to run dude we all slow down at different points in the race
1: and when that happens
0: we need somebody who loves us to come alongside and say keep going
1: don't look back dude we're
0: almost to the finish line Jesus is right there it's worth it it's worth everything it's worth it to give up things of this world and follow him with everything that you have don't give up let's pray God I thank you for this morning Lord God I pray that we would keep moving forward Father I pray that your Holy Spirit would sanctify us God thank you for your grace Lord thank you that if we do look back that your grace is sufficient enough
1: to cover us Lord
0: God help us to encourage one another Help us to love one another.
1: God, help us to let go of those things that we're holding on to so tightly, Father, that prevent us from following you with everything. your name we pray. Amen.